Okay, cool, cool, cool. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Catwalk Movement. Chantelle here. And Andrea here. So glad to have you back. It's been a wonderful week. Um, we'll get to that a little bit later, but just some housekeeping first. So if you are listening to the podcast as part of your weekly walk, please remember to head over to Strava, join the Catwalk MBMT in clubs, tag us on your walks and let's measure the impact of our journey. Um, for those of you who are not yet um, in receipt of the newsletter, head over to our website, www.thecatwalkmbt.com. Um, submit your email details and you will receive a news a weekly newsletter um, giving you some suggestions of things you can do to engage with catwalk lifestyle politics so it is week two um, last week we gave you an october overview and had quite an honest conversation about where we're at and how we're dealing with the changing seasons and the different things that we do to keep our resilience up during this time. And um, we are recognizing quite a few calendar events this month. In fact, in fact, it's Mental Health Awareness Day, um, which we are walking together in honor of. Yes. Yep. Um, and obviously it's Black History Month. And so we are continuing um, with the work of amplifying the stories of Black British females. Um, but in line with this month's theme, we have chosen civil rights activists. So without much further ado, Andrea's um, leading on our chosen woman this week. So I'm gonna hand over to you, Anne. Thank you very much, Anne. Um, so this week, and this whole month really is about, like you mentioned, about resilience. Mm. And I thought I'd just give a quick um, definition as to what resilience actually means. Uh, so resilience is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties, toughness, and adversity. Um, adversity is the building block of resilience. So when obstacles or setbacks and challenges arise and they will always will in life, it is how you view and face these cha challenges that either build your resilience or not. When you change your mindset to view adversity as a gift instead of something negative, you can then begin to reap all the rewards that it provides. So for me personally, that means a lot. Um, especially as I have gone through my own adversity and I like to say that I've been able to turn my adversity into advantage. Mm -hmm. um, what does that mean? So me, those that are listening that hasn't heard my story, I've been, I was diagnosed with mental health illness, but I was able to use that um, adversity and now I'm doing this podcast for example mm -hmm. I work I have my own social enterprise I work with young people I'm a life coach and so and all what I do now is all based on my adversity so that's why I say it's adversity into advantage and so the um and why am I mentioning that because the lady that I'm going to be talking about today I feel that she has gone through so much adversity um 
so many different obstacles and, and setbacks, but she still tried to turn it around and help other people. Mm. So without further ado, let me get into it. So this week is about Mary Prince. The Mary Prince was born into enslavement in Bermuda around 1788 and sold away from her family at the age of 10. She was treated cruelly by a series of masters on several West Indian islands, enduring extreme hardship and sexual abuse. For years, she was forced to work up to her waist all day in salt ponds, manufacturing salt. This work caused some blisters on exposed parts of the body and painful boils and sores on the legs. So just in that mm. first part there, you can see she's not had a great start to life. In 1828, she was brought from Antigua to England by her then owners, Mr. and Mrs. John Wood. At her request, they took Mary Prince with them as a servant. Um, so after the case of, there was a case of uh, Somerset versus Stuart in, 19, in, sorry, in 1772, and it was ruled that it was illegal to transport slaves out of England. However, mm. that did not make slavery illegal in England. <laughs> yeah, even though public opinion believed it did. So even if she, like Mary, was to, could leave Adam Wood's household, she had no means to support herself alone in England. Mm. So she was forced to, to stay. stay, to stay. Yeah. Um, but equally, they also could have bought her hair as a slave because the if you read it, literally, it's you cannot transport them out, but nothing to say about them coming in. Exactly. So, yeah, either way. Exactly. So that's why they say that public opinion mm. they didn't make safely illegal yeah. in England. Um, additionally, unless Wood um, formally emancipated her, she could not return to her husband in Antigua without being re-enslaved there. So oh along the, way, the years she got married in Antigua, which I'm going to go through in a bit. Mm. Um, so she went back there. She'd have to go back to slavery anyway. Anyway, so whether she's in England or in Antigua, you know, it's, it's a lose-lose situation for her, basically, unfortunately. That although she had served the woods for more than 10 years, they had increasing conflict in England. Four times Wood told her to obey or leave. They gave her a letter that nominally gave her the right to leave, but suggested that no one should hire her. Wickedness, so you're gone. Wickedness. But wickedness, I'm going to tell everybody not to hire you. Wickedness. Wickedness. That's all I have to say. Wickedness. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Um, so in nineteen, so I keep saying nineteen. Apologies, listeners. In November eighteen twenty nine, Prince remained in London and entered the household of Thomas Pringle as a domestic, as a free domestic servant. Okay, so she did get a new job in the end. Yeah. Okay. Um, while with the Pringles, Prince, who was illiterate, had dictated her story at her own suggestion. Mm. So. Now we're talking about the adversity to advantage. So yeah. now she's using her story now. So to though she she told her story to a young abolitionist um, named Susan um, Strickland, who then became later became Susan Moody. Um, Pringle edited and published Prince's History in 1831 
it became so popular that they were three editions were printed wow. that year people wanted to read her story yeah oh no shame on me i haven't read the story i'm yeah. gonna have to so do you see where my ad, ad, um, adversity to advantage. advantage imagine she's had all that adversity and now she's had the advantage of being able to have three editions mm. printed in one year but also like we say tell your story girl yeah and and make sure you tell it exactly mm. um but there in the introduction to the history of mary prince editor thomas pringle asserts that the idea of writing mary prince's history was first suggested by herself her purpose um, writes Pringle, is to ensure that good people in England might hear from a slave what a slave had felt and suffered. Mm. Um, so yeah, she wanted people to know what she had gone through. Yeah. Good people in England. I wonder who those good people were supposed <laughs> to be. I'm oh, sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> who knows? Just good people. Mm -hmm. There are some good people. Mm -hmm. You and I, for example. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me move on. So, print prints counterpoints the the physical and, and emotional toil of her daily labour with excruciating details of the beating she endures at the hands of her masters as well as their wives. Mm. She is hopeful at each change of ownership that she might receive better treatment, but she soon finds she is simply going from one butcher to another. Mm. I can't even say can you imagine because who can but just the, the thought of knowing that you're going from pillar to post you live a day of beatings uh, yeah every day every beatings day. every day yeah every day it's wild prince's narrative is marked by acts of resistance Moments in which she shocks her own owners by talking back or rebuking them. She got spirit, man. Yeah, I'm not taking this. You can beat me and beat me, but I've still got a mouth to talk. Yeah. Um, she actively seeks offers from potential new owners to escape current ones. <laughs> She's a bad kid. Yeah. <laughs> what was she doing in the streets, like holding their groceries, going, help me? <laughs> Have a little sign. <laughs> you shouldn't even laugh. She marries against the wishes of the woods. So the, her former owners, the, you know, the mm. Mr. Mrs. Wood, so they didn't want her to marry, but she said, I got my man, I'm mm. going to marry him. I um, she was married in Antigua, though. Yeah, but remember, they took her from Antigua yeah, to Boise, so, But still, <laughs> don't the marriage stand? What do you mean? She's got two husbands now. No, this is the one husband. Oh, this marriage was when she was back in Antigua. Yeah, yeah, oh, sorry, so I'm just going, through, I'm just going through all the things that she's gone apologies, through in her, in her life. Um, she refuses to work when too ill to do so. Yeah. She's a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and she eventually leaves the Wood family in England. She quotes, I took courage and resolved that I would not be longer thus treated, but will go and trust to Providence. This spirit of resistance not only enables Prince to survive a lifetime of abuse, but it pushes her to take up the abolitionist cause on behalf of those who remain enslaved. So, again, she's used her adversity and helping mm. others. Um, moving on, Thomas took Prince to a gentleman called George Stephen, who was also an abolitionist, and he was a lawyer. So Mary wanted to return to Antigua and to her husband, Daniel, as a free woman. 
it was decided to try to negotiate with John Adams Wood Jr. for Mary's freedom, but Wood would not free her on any terms. What, what, what does he want? What do you want? Why are you, why are you being so evil? Mm. Next, it was decided to bring Mary's case to Parliament. A petition was drawn up. Um, it was presented on the 24th of June, 1829, and it expressed her wish to return to the West Indies, but not as an enslaved person. So she wanted to be free. She doesn't yeah. want to be an enslaved person. She just wants to be free. Unfortunately, the petition was not successful. Um, soon after it was presented to Parliament, the Wood family returned to Antigua. In 1833, the publication was followed by a civil a series of civil suits. So a gentleman called Thomas Cadle published pro-slavery attacks on Mary Prince and Thomas Pringle in Blackwood's magazine, prompting Pringle to sue Cadell. Prince briefly took the stand, providing the only known record of her words outside of her own narrative. In turn, Wood sued Pringle for libel and won by default because Pringle could not provide witnesses from the West Indies to corroborate Prince's allegations. This court case marks the last time Prince appeared in the public record. Mm. Unfortunately, the remainder of Mary Prince's life is a mystery. <laughs> it is unknown whether she died in Britain or was, was able to return free to Antigua. Like how, These women be disappearing. How sad is that? Uh, what happened? Uh, who knows? Who knows? And so that that literally is the end. So it, yeah, when I was when I was doing the research, it was wow. Like she went through all of those issues, the beatings, the trauma. She, but she still wanted to tell the good people of England about what happened to her. Mm. Then she wants to, you know, petition to Parliament. Yeah. She's not giving up. I mean, highly resilient. There, right. There's a few themes that I wanted to pick up on. Yeah. So, like, I think the, the actual word hope was said, and there's a reference um, to her talking about you know she just knows that she'll be in providence one day and it's like i guess i'll ask the question like hope is so important in in being resilient because you've got to kind of see the future you've got to believe that there's something ahead of you um what do you hold on to Ange? what do i hold on to just having a vision and just because sometimes you got to have a vision in order because sometimes there's some things you want to do that you might believe or think that you can't do it. But if you have that vision that you can do it, mm. it makes, for me personally, it makes it a lot easier for me. And mm. um, what is it? Faith without sight. Mm -hmm. So that is something that I really hold on to because a lot of the time, I have visions for, for many things and without thinking if I was to really deep it and say to myself, but can you really do that though? Mm. See, I, I go yeah. the opposite way actually. So I think when I maybe question or doubt, I refer back. 
So rather than the vision of looking forward to the things you desire, I refer back to all of the things that I've overcome. And it was like, remember how you felt then and you thought you couldn't do it. Mm. And now you're still here. Even simple things like at the gym, you know, I'm like, I'm always like, in my <laughs> in my head, I think about labor and I'm like, you didn't stop pushing. You wouldn't stop pushing because you couldn't stop pushing. Like you had no choice. Yeah. So despite the pain, you had to keep going and look at what you got. Like this is what I say to myself when I want to give up at the gym, like as a really, really clear physical example of like where you've really wanted to stop and you just And then on, that, on the gym um, scenario for me then is, okay, you want to step on stage. Mm. So why are you giving up? So I have to have the vision of what because when you're competing you don't know what you're going to look like in the next however long 12 20 weeks how long mm. your prep is for so you have to have that vision there's nothing well depending on when you if you've competed before you may have the time to look back on mm. but do you as a competitor you don't always want to you want to be better than what you was before yeah so looking back is no good to me mm. I always I have to have that vision of saying That's okay good. I need what's my what how am I going to look different what's going to be different for me in the next mm. time I step on stage so I call that my athlete's mindset. So I have to have the vision of what I, what and who I want to become yeah. rather than who and what I had, what I have done in the past. Mm. Yeah, that does work in some scenarios, but I, I, I personally work better with the vision. Interesting. And I believe, I am, I wholeheartedly believe in visions also. Um, but I think, I think when I'm having a wobbly, like I know what I'm going towards, but when I'm having a wobbly, I will refer to previous strengths. Like again, mm. we're having another opposite day. Yeah. <laughs> Last week was the the who's been exposed to, who hasn't been exposed to wellness throughout their youth. And now it's how do we keep going? So yeah, like And I think so kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think that's this is good though, because it just helps the listeners because we're going to have different listeners mm. that have that might have the same views as yourself or myself mm. and so it's nice to see that there is two it's, sides yeah, there's not one, way there's not one side fits all mm. and and why and we're not just gonna conform to saying okay i'm gonna say what you say Shan. no because yeah. you have your own opinion and yeah. i have mine and someone might have something totally different <laughs> again yeah exactly um so yeah like the whole idea of hope and, and the things that we use in order to sort of remain resilient in moments of time but um the second thing that came out to me was like the amount i just don't understand the correlation between suffering and giving it just feels like so many powerful women that we know and important women and, and many most of the women we've spoken about so far in the podcast have like had their own adversity but their advantage always includes carrying others along with them mm -hmm. and that act of service and I'm just really intrigued by it like I don't actually have much to say on it I just I just wonder what it what it is like is there something I wonder if there's like some chemicals in the brain or I think so I think it, it really does help you you know because at the same time as you're helping other people you're actually helping yourself it's therapy for yourself as well mm. I know but 
I know for me, I, like I can, I know this is could help, keep on hearing me saying about myself, but obviously that's the only yeah. person that I could really truly comment on. And, um, but obviously with my adversity, my advantage and what I do as a life coach, working with young people and helping them and having mm. my social enterprise, it brings me joy. Even mm. in the days when I'm feeling down, my clients will never know that because they just, it's just like I've just turned into a different person when I start mm. when, I, when I start talking to them and starting to help them help themselves and help them and help their lives so I can actually see why these women do this because it just takes you out of your own SHIT mm. and brings you into a new world and brings you into this positive light that yeah you're doing something mm. for other people you know so that's the only um, explanation that I can give from my own point of view, is that, yeah, it really does help your um, your brain chemicals, it helps your being, it helps mm. you, just just helps you. Yeah, I don't know, I don't, I agree. I'm still just thinking about, mm. like, I'm literally thinking about the examples we had, like we had Lillian Bader, who wanted to serve in the force to not even be, like not even because of the legacy of her family but because literally she was like if I fight maybe I can protect the black people that are here or you know Mary C. Cole and all that fighting and resistance that she had to put up with just to nurse just to do her job mm -hmm. like they fought her to to do her job sure. you know yeah. to pay to travel the seas to come and help those that are most in um in need and I'm sure that there's so many other women um, that will reference along the way, but um, I wonder. I, I wonder if that, like, if that is part of, if that is. I've never heard it actually to be part of the healing process, but the the being able to give to others or including others in sort of learning and sharing your journey is that one of the key ingredients to healing maybe I don't know like I said I can I can, can say definitely speak for myself and it yeah. has been um but when you look at all the people that do do that and do like go through something and then come out the other end and mm. help people yeah just I wonder maybe that should be something we could look into like that women of today and speak to them and seeing how they or even if they're listeners mm. what, what are your views what's the question on oh what, like is is to be of service part of your healing journey yeah get out us in it let us know yeah i mean i yeah i've started i mean as a social psychologist i've studied loads of stuff on like altruism and helping behavior but i've never um referenced it with regards to like trauma I'd be interested to look that up um yeah so that came to mind and then uh there was two other things uh which order do I which order do I want to go in so the ownership of the black body like that stood out to me and I guess it's something that is constantly spoken about in various shapes and forms. But the idea that like 
and I know we know this, like it's not necessarily um, exclusive to Mary Prince, but this man who refused to let her go because she's property. But can I just stop you there? Because yeah. it wasn't just, it was the dad and Wood Junior as well. For why? For why? And like, so whilst we don't have to um, experience like that, now but like you know the ownership of the black body in terms of how you wear your hair or people feeling like they've got the right to just touch you or even cultural appropriation where it's like you want to own and adopt parts of blackness where it suits you um and then when you're ready brutalize and abuse Mm -hmm. that same body that you are paying botox to pump your lips to assimilate um I just, I think, you know, people need to remember or the, our listeners like that to remember that how powerful we are, how beautiful we are, that people, that, you know, I, I never, ever, ever want to have to live a life where me or the, my generations to come are a commodity, but the idea that we are so valuable to others means like how could we afford to not value ourselves yeah how could you how could you even question how great you are how wonderful you are how beautiful you are how full you are when just look at the history um so you saying that could be the reason why these women have gone through these things and then want to serve to educate and empower Mm. other people to show them Mm. just exactly what you've just said yeah because it's still and also that's the last the last part kind of linked to this that I'll reflect on in terms of your lesson was you didn't mention it today but you spoke about parts of her story being missing and like there was questions around her sexuality there's Mm. questions and so like there's a there's a part of the story where you're like what well two things that come to mind with this is one trusting people like can you really trust when you mentioned that there was you know question marks over this that and the other I was like can we really trust people to write our stories but this is the thing because she couldn't read and write yeah. she didn't know what was being put down and so the, the, some of what the research I, I did go through and I, yes I didn't put it in here because I didn't have much to back it up with mm. but it was saying along the lines of the um that Susan could have like omitted some of the information that Mary was giving because it was possibly too harsh and she didn't want you know to be too harsh for the readers because we know the types of people that are going to read it. I mean, but what could be harsher than you telling me that I stood in salt baths for 12 hours of a day till my skin blistered at the age of 10? What is more harsh than that? It's, yeah, it's just, it's just, yeah. People don't want to face the truth. We're seeing that now. They don't yeah. want to face the truth. We don't want to read the truth. Yes, you want to read what happened, but mm. let's not go too deep. Yeah. Let's just, let's just do the surface. Mm. So that could have just been a surface level story as far as we know, you know? So, and then down to the, her sexuality, why did you mention something like that and not actually back it up I with don't, any I don't information? Why so that would be about my, but my point, I guess my second point or the, the closing the loop would be, 
the idea of like so strongly using your voice and believing believing that you have a message to be told and like I think it's such a shame that we don't know what happened to Mary Prince afterwards because she took on a big bad boy and and that's one of the reasons why she was selected um for the podcast like who are you who are you to be uh, the first black woman to go and approach parliament mm-hmm. parliament you know to petition your freeness like she's so she's so badass she's yeah so she's yeah, like you bold. ain't gonna stand in front of me you're not gonna you're not gonna tell me yeah. what is and what isn't supposed to be I know what I want and I want it mm-hmm. and I want it and that's that and that's like even like we could touch on that <laughs> but even like the the comment on her refusing to work yeah. like this is a woman who knows how to say no. no. Yeah. This is a woman that knows how to stand up for herself. This is a woman who knows how within all of the constraints, she still kind of set out some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like she refused to be to to where she where she could get a dose of freedom, whether it was with her voice or by making sure that somebody documented or heading her way over to parliament or you know down to getting married which they didn't want her to do she she was like I'm gonna do what I want to do when I want to do it obviously and that's part of being resilient is setting your boundaries yeah yeah she couldn't do like leave them but I'm still gonna have my boundaries regardless Mm. and I feel just on closing or just one from my point of closing is um this is something really good and refreshing for women to hear, especially black women to mm. hear this, because one, she told her, she's telling her story regardless. Mm. Yeah. She could she couldn't even write her own story, but she needs, she wanted her story to be told in some yeah. shape or form. Two, yes, she's gone through her, she's whilst going through her adversity, she's still setting boundaries, she's still saying no. Mm. Yeah. And, and I feel like a, a lot of people that could be listening to this could be going through things and just be saying yes because they're knocked. Yeah. I say, oh, you just keep it's taking and keep you. taking. Like, just because you're knocked down does not mean you need to mm. stay down. Literally, it doesn't mean you have to keep accepting more weight on your shoulders. Yeah. You can. Or we can turn it into like the 2020 version of mm. working for people and knowing that they're taking the mick out of your life Mm. and you're just going to keep taking it no say something yeah say something stand up for yourself and that goes back to the first woman that we spoke of who Atkins yeah Sharon Atkins talk Hmm. my issue is though what happens to these women but this is the thing this this is is the chart this is the whole thing you take but are you paving the way for other women? We can mm. this 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 podcast now could actually go on for quite a long time because with all different questions that we're mm. going to unpo- unpack and unpack and unpack. So mm. she will just keep it again, because <laughs> <laughs> like, you know we could be going on to how how is these women? Yeah, these women have gone MIA now, mm. but then have other women what, learned what from they, them? Yeah, 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 yeah. like potentially I don't know I, I don't but know we don't know the answer no as in like but... but I don't know who else 
what other interactions there were between black women and parliament but potentially she could have been the first woman I know she's the first woman to present a petition but she could have been one of the first and very few women to even hold a space in yeah, that, that space, space. Yeah. um and then you know we celebrate the likes of Diane Abbott who is a longest standing black, first and longest standing black female MP in the UK. And, you know, you have to think, even though it's a totally different line of work, not actually not that different a line, but the fact that Mary Prince was ballsy enough to be like, yeah, you lot are the ones that need to make the change. So I'm going to where the power's at. Like the fact that she as a lowly, lowly slave, mm could put her two foot in that building and be like, you're going to listen to me, has paved a way for other people. And, and that, that act in itself wasn't, wasn't probably wasn't even the, the, the legacy that she was mm-hmm. trying to provide. She was trying to look about how do you get yourself free? But I think the, I think the very fact that she even challenged, you know, the highest power of the land um is a is an inspiration and a lesson um and not even an inspiration lesson it just it's a it's literally a groundbreaker um we don't we don't even know the privileges that were afforded sometimes by these um these i I say acts of rebellion but the the bravery bravery yeah the the determination Mm-hmm. The resilience, mm, yeah. the boundaries, the adversities, yeah, mm. the list could go on. So, well, Mary Prince. Mary Prince, big up to you. Yeah, my people, I've got lots of family in Antigua, so yes, hey, like my people. <laughs> I'm not claiming Antigua, yeah, I'm not claiming say, to be Antigua, and I can't be every island, yeah. but my family live in Antigua, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad to catch that story still. Um, so, what are we looking forward to? What's happening? What's been going and on? I, can I just say, and I think that was a good um, story lesson to be told, especially on World Mental Health Day mm. as well. Because could you imagine what that would have done, all having that going through yeah. that done for her to her mental health? So, yeah. Uh, once again, I'll just leave it as that because I, that is another topic I can go into all day as well. So, but I'm glad to be walking to Mary Prince on World Mental Health Day. This is it. This is it. So, you know, I, I mean, what can I say? It's what the catwalk represents. Show up, show up, walk for your peace of mind, walk for your physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional well being. Walk because nobody owns your black body. Mm. Walk because you are allowed to wear whatever you want to wear, however you want to wear it, and be present in our society. Um, and we're here for that 100%. So I don't have anything to report this week. No. I've been trying I've been trying to rest. That's why actively um trying to build in some more time to strategize, some more time to rest. So I've not um I've got not got nothing to report but I am we did speak earlier I am looking at how I look at my diet 
in these months because I'm really tired, unusually tired. So I'll feed back on the newsletter and the podcast what um, power, they called power foods, superfoods, superfoods. What superfoods. I've been, I'll, I'll be trying out and if it's making any difference. I think food makes a big difference. Like this year, this year, this month actually marks a year since I've been vegan. Is it? Yeah. So you're cutting that my chicken these days. <laughs> that one chicken looks <laughs> like. Yeah, see, so vegan, plant-based, however you want to term it. I don't eat animals. <laughs> Not for dead. Bad. But yeah, so, and I find that, I find that my energy levels despite not eating not eating animals or not eating or just eating having a plant-based diet works really well for me so we have to figure out when we're going to schedule in talking about the transition I'm sure people would like to know if, and, and I'm trying to even more so life. now especially because I've gone back to the gym as well so I've never actually trained oh. whilst being a vegan Right, so you've got some learning yeah, to do so and some teaching I, to teach. Yes, yeah, so I'm really. I went. Oh, this week as well, I made my first batch of CMOS. Oh, yeah, man. Okay, I'm going in. But you come with your empty hands. It's it's thought we got a fortify. Whatever. No, it's got it's, it's it's in the fridge. It's got to set. Right, I'll be waiting for my CMOS. Yeah. I'll be adding it to everything. Okay. <laughs> so, nice, yeah. nice. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna drop that in the next newsletter. Benefits of CMOS. Let's bring that one. Yeah. Marcus has been buying that actually. Alrighty. So, um, thank you once again for tuning in. Thank you for your unwavering support. Um, we 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 welcome all suggestions, questions, and feedback, and we love to see you guys engaging with the catwalk. We know the weather's changing, but your mind, your body, your soul, everything still needs nourishing. So stay walking with us. And until next time, we out. See ya. Bye. Bye-bye.